Hello and welcome to another edition of Bills From Afar podcast. You're with me, Tim Rudge, and my co-host, Charlie. Charlie, how are you doing? I'm very well. I'm uh, full of Easter egg. And uh, yeah, it's always a nice time of year for eating, eating a bit of chocolate, isn't it? So uh, yeah. yeah, today's podcast is brought to you by Toffee Crisp. So uh, <laughs> um, yeah, An elite about, chocolate. An elite chocolate, just about polish that off. And um, yeah, another, um, another few days closer to the draft. So I'm uh, pretty much finished my big board now. I'm sure I'll tinker with it a little bit between now and then. But um, yeah, pretty. I've done, I've done more work on the, this draft than, than any previous one. So feeling yeah. quite prepared, really. Um, how yeah, that's good. Yeah, no, I'm doing well, thanks. I was just thinking when you're talking about Easter eggs, well, there must be some type of Bill's branded Easter egg you can get in Western New York, or, you know, I could imagine a player, um, <laughs> you know, trying to, you know, monetize that and put a product out there that rhymes with their name. I'm sure there's someone probably on a roster that could do yeah, that. Sort of Easter egg equivalent of Josh's Jack. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, there must be. But uh, yeah, Easter, good time of the year. And the draft season as well is always a good time of year. I'm kind of itching for it to happen now. I know we're here, we're doing the third of our like, positional primers ahead of the draft. And, you know, we'll get into some mocks in the next few episodes and hopefully have some guests as well. But I feel like now... I've done it like you and me, we do individual like drafts on, on an almost uh, daily basis. Mm. I'm just kind of it's getting to a point where I'm like, come on, you know, let it be draft night now. Let's let's get <laughs> let's get there, you know. Well, we yeah, it's a good job we're doing these pods because it, it gives us an outlet really to talk about these players that we're seeing and also for us to compare notes because we don't we don't typically other outside of these pods really yeah. talk about what we're seeing we kind of wait until we're um uh, till we're in this position and we can sort of share observations and so whatever you hear in terms of reaction in terms of people you like we don't we don't like that's genuine um you know sometimes we, we disagree on a player and um and this is the time that we find this out so um yeah looking forward to finishing off these uh these this positional uh review and discussion and then we're going to do some mocks we're going to talk about so we're going to do a couple of live mocks i think aren't we you yeah. and i and then um hopefully we will do uh, we'll have some guests on we already had one person say they're interested in coming on and um and, uh, talking about a mock that they've done we'll probably try and get one or two others and uh and next week what we might do if we have time before the uh the draft starts is some kind of uh let's say crazy scenarios where what 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 if, what if on draft night and we'll talk about these sort of scenarios that we might see occur that perhaps no one's talking about or no one's expecting you know what would happen if the bills you know uh decided to uh, trade away their 2023 first round pick for somebody you know what might that look like and we'll just run through some of the what things that just to keep you everyone prepared for for the unexpected i suppose yeah and i think we'll do a few more things on the social media side of things as well so not only that i think um as a collective so with the red white and buffalo blues guys we're going to do our own like uh, mock drafts um of what we think will happen um before the draft so that'll be separate to the live uh, mock draft episodes um and then I'll, I'll do a list as well um you can join me charlie but i'll do like a list of guys that i'm higher on than a consensus and same with the uh, guys that i'm lower on than consensus kind of guys that i'm hoping the bills select and then guys I'm hoping the Bills don't really select I'll, I'll do that as well next week so yeah there's a lot going on uh, in the next couple of weeks leading up to the draft so uh, yeah um, most, we're most really important pleased. thing is my annual watch of draft day so I'll be watching yeah. probably next weekend <laughs> so yeah be in the mood um, it's never available for free anyway you know it's not on an Amazon Prime it's not I'm, on Netflix generally I'm embarrassed to say that last year I actually bought it on Amazon so I could just watch it whenever I want <laughs> what, so you bought it outright permanently yeah. oh, it was like £3.50 or something I thought well so. yeah I'm going to watch it every year then it's uh, it, it makes sense doesn't it 
Yeah, definitely. Cool. So let's get into these positions. We said we talk about the trenches uh, today. Um, and I think there's one big knee, which is interior offensive line. We're really keen for see us uh, bring in a guard or two. Um, but then we'll also talk about any other players or situations we see across the, uh, the rest of either the offensive or defensive line. I think most of the time we'll spend talking about guard. Um, so as before, we'll talk a little bit about why we need to draft for that position, what the uh, the reasoning is behind that, where we see the sweet spot, so where the sort of depth might be and where we might expect the Bills to pick. And then perhaps some, some players that we think, oh, if they drop to us, that would be great. Some realistic options and, of course, some late round options if we can't find players where we want them. Uh, so let's get into off- interior offensive line, uh, specifically guard. Um, Tim, why do we need to draft for this position? What's the what's the reasoning here? Ms. Roger Saffold is only on a one year deal, uh, specifically a left guard only as well. Um, and he's obviously an older player. Not sure of his precise age. I can't remember, but he's definitely in the 30s. And... Ryan Bates, he's really guaranteed for two years, but we only had him for five full games and he was able to demonstrate in those five full games, you know, a real high calibre of performance. But will he sustain that? I don't know. Then behind that, there's no real depth. So in my mind... Are you not excited about Jacob Capra and Cody Ford? (laughs) No, no, Um, not at all. We do have Ike Botka that assumably will come back from his injury at some point. Yeah. I'm I'm reasonably comfortable with Ike as a a fill-in. But moving forward, it's all about, you know... Starting um, starting guard, yeah. Having a long-term plan, long-term strategy. I feel like with the guys we've got, we don't really have that on the interior. Clearly Mitch Morse is locked down centre. I think he's tied in for at least two seasons in terms of dead cap and all that kind of thing. You know, it wouldn't be a viable move to to release him after next season. So he's locked in for two seasons. So he's not going to go anywhere. It's just the guard spots that... Uh, I feel like, you know, there's a chance that we could uh, upgrade and, you know, have a succession plan for the likes of Saffold and Bates if he's not able to sustain that performance. So I feel like in this group, it could be anywhere. It could be, you know, we we could see a guard selected in round one. I actually think that I, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, everyone's clam, clambering for cornerback and rightly so. But I feel like guard it might well be the next position just purely because mm. we knew we knew we had problems with the run game last season. Um, you know, our offensive line is more, you know, of a pass blocking first type of offensive line. You know, we don't have the, you know, maulers uh, have guard spot to create those lanes uh, for the running backs. So I feel like, you know, they'll see not only the running back position as a key area or, to, to improve in the draft, but also the guard spots to try and create those lanes. So I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if like at 25, you know, Tyler Smith, for example, uh, is in consideration there. Um, he's from Tulsa. He's uh, a left tackle from there, but projected to move inside. That's someone that I could potentially see at 25 being in play. So um, I'm quite hard on it to start with. But as I said, I think anywhere, you know, it could easily be day two and day three as well. I think the other thing to bear in mind um, is that we brought back Aaron Cromer, um, our offensive yeah. line coach, uh, for for the next season. Um, previously been with the Bills and previously had a really good running game uh, when he was with the Bills. Yeah. Um, he's been, you know, the Rams. I think he's been at the Saints as well. Um, we don't know what kind of thoughts he has on this current set of offensive line players. 
Um, there's a lot of buzz that we might move towards more of a zone blocking scheme. So you know, runs outside um, and that will dictate certain types of players. It will take, dictate more mobile players, um, perhaps a bit more balance between the, the pass and the run um, than perhaps we've, we've seen. Uh, but we yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, he might look at someone like Cody Ford and think, yeah, I can do something with him. Uh, I think it would be amazing if he could, because so far we have to say he's been a bust. Um, but um, yeah, definitely it's tough to get our teeth into. Just so, a but, separate yeah. point. Sorry, just whilst we're talking all about this, this is very general. This isn't necessarily about the guard position, but you're talking about the new offensive line coach. You know, the, the one thing about the draft that I love as well is not only just the process of doing the draft, but what the conclusions of the draft are. Like after those three days, you're going to get some real signs of what Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott think of this roster. If we were to select, I don't think it will happen, but if we were to select a linebacker in round one, that's a clear sign that, you know, we're looking to potentially move on for Tremaine Edmonds. Just those types of things, you know, we're going to get some clarity in terms of what Brandon Bean wants to do long term. So that's all really exciting to me. He talked about, you know, last time about the fact that the draft tells you a story, you know, tells you what they think about the players and the, the direction of the team. Um, so what what we pick, especially I think in the first three or four rounds, tells us a story about where they want to take this 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 uh, this this team and um and uh, what they think of the players that are currently on it. So let's and I, and I think to... Brandon Bean, so I was just gonna say I think Brandon Bean's um got a pre-draft uh press conference later this week. So that'd be interesting. We might have a few clues and obviously we'll talk about them when we uh have that press conference. So. Clues or smoke screens. Could be either. I don't don't trust whatever. I love Brandon Bean and he's a brilliant interview, but I think at this time of the year, can't trust a thing he says. (laughs) (laughs) Valid point. (laughs) All right. We can get into it now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we can. Let's go. So, um, guard position. Who do you think? Well, let's let's talk about the sort of sweet spot. It's an interesting. an interesting set of uh, players and where they where they fit across where they're projected to to uh, to be relatively evenly balanced um, between the first four, three or four rounds. Uh, there's plenty of talent right through the draft. Um, where do you think the Bills would look to pick this position if they had their choice? Where, where do you think they'll be picking? I think they value, even though you know guard is seen as a non-premium position. I feel like they value that position on the team. Um, as we said, you know, keeps the balanced offense. They help the run game. They help, you know, protect Josh Allen. So I think they value it quite highly. And I, I look at the uh, players, you know, draftable players in this group, and I feel like the strength of the group is, you know, day one and day two. Uh, clearly, as day three guys that. You look around the league, you know, day three guys make it and they turn turn out to be valuable uh, role players. So I'm certainly not ruling out, you know, selecting anyone on day three, but I feel like there's quite a lot of good day two options. And then a couple of really nice day one options like Zion Johnson, um, who could come in and uh, be more than solid. I think he's one of the most polished guards to come out in a couple of years. Uh, Kenyon Green as well. Um, you know, he's versatile. He's played all all four positions across the uh, offensive line at Texas A&M. Uh, a bit more of a Morlow, he's a bigger guy, uh, 325 pounds. You know, they're, they're guys I've seen in the first round as realistic. Um, if Sian Johnson's there, he'd be one of the guys that feel like, you know, you can run the card in and, you know, what do they call it? Sleep well at night pick? So let's suppose, yeah, let's suppose, <laughs> um, I don't know, let's say Trent McDuffie, 
Chris Olave and Zion Johnson are available in the first round. Won't happen, but I suppose they are. Yeah. You got a cornerback, a wide receiver, and a oh. guard. Where, where, where's Bean going? That's so hard to project, though, isn't it? Like where Bean's going, I'm, I, I have no clue what's going on in that man's mind. You know, he's got a plan. What, 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 what would we, like, if I, I was to, to do? Yeah, oh, who are you picking out those three? Because uh, these I, are the I, three big knees, aren't they? Cornerback, wide yeah. receiver, guard. They're three really good players. Um, yeah, oh, I'm going to get criticised for this, but oh, I, I like Trent McDuffie's game. As we talked about in the last episode, he's you know, got everything you want in the corner outside of length. But for me, length is quite a big factor. You know, I'm not, it doesn't mean just because you've got length, you can, you know, slot in day one <laughs> as a Bill's CB one uh, and, and can play. You know, I wouldn't select Tyreek Willen for, for that reason. All right, you know. so let's let's put Trent Midoffy to one side. Chris Alaba yeah, or no, no. Johnson. Yeah, so I feel like with a wide receiver depth, I'd probably go Zion Johnson. Okay, interesting. I what would, would you I would, do? I go Chris Olave probably. Yeah. Simply because I think I can get a functioning uh, guard later on in the draft, and I think Olave is a really top talent. Um, mm. uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's depth right across those three positions. Um, yeah. But I think then if there's depth right across the three, I mean, I've got them all very close in my my big board. I think you can really they're close enough to say <laughs> who knows it's it's not an obvious choice um i think that uh but i would probably go wide receiver simply because it's a it's a premium position and when we say premium position what we mean is to actually secure a player you know on their first contract to that position a top player it's it's, it's more money so cornerbacks and wide receivers get paid more than yeah. guards you know, yeah. guards are the kind of the poor man on the offensive line you know, your tackles and your centers will typically get paid more yeah. Um, not in every team, but you know, generally speaking, that's mm-hmm. how that most most teams function. Yeah. Um, that that's it's a harder skill set to have a really good tackle. It's a harder skill set to, to uh, than than a guard. Um, so I, I always go with with the premium. So, but having said that, I think if none of the top cornerbacks and none of the wide receivers are there. I think the Bills should take a guard rather than perhaps trading down. Um, uh, that would be my feeling. I, I wouldn't be averse to taking a guard in the first first round, even though it isn't a premium position. Mm. It'll be interesting with a draft because cornerback or wide receiver, I feel like there'll be a run early on those positions. And whichever positions that run starts at, mm. you're not going to have as many options at 25. You know, Stingley, Source Gardner, um, you know, for, for, for four cornerbacks that we mm. feel are consensus round one. If they go by... You know, pick 16 and someone might you know reach for corner they might bring Kyler Gordon you know might select him you know so yeah. it, it's going to be wide receiver or corners one of those positions is going to be gone you know at I've, 25 I've got eight players cornerbacks wide receivers and entire offensive linemen that I'd be pretty happy if I'd be yeah. delighted if we picked any of those up I'm pretty sure we one of them one of them will be there yeah. eight players yes. so three yeah. wide receivers three cornerbacks and two uh, two guards I think if we can get one of those eight guys yeah. then we're in really great shape you could also throw in probably Daxton Hill at safety I yeah. wouldn't complain about him no. obviously if we, if Cal Hamilton was available not going to be then uh, that tells a different story but I think you could probably add uh, Daxton Hill into the mix there's nine players there that you think really could contribute I probably would put Jahan Dodson Garrett Wilson and Trent McDuffie who are currently sort of ranked his first round prospects to one side um, I think any of those other eight uh, Alave, London, Williams Boo Jr. Gardner, Stingley 
Zion Johnson, Kenyon Green, any of those, I would be really happy with, honestly. Yeah. Okay. So Zion Johnson, is he your guy in the first round? Are you like uh, the best? Um, I think so. It'd probably be my, um, you know, number one interior offensive lineman yeah. and Kenyon Green. But I'm really high on Dylan Parham as well. So he's projected to be like a, a round two player. Yeah. If they picked him at 25, because I feel like he's, you know, he might not be quite as polished as Zion Johnson, but he's, he's got more of an athletic upside and he's got a good floor and I think he's got a higher ceiling than Zion Johnson um you know I was listening you know Joe Marino's been doing these uh like positional primers over on Locked On Bills which have been really good and I didn't realize this about Dylan Parham but he he's like a track guy at high school you know mm-hmm. he's it's strange yeah. that a incredibly athletic guy 13 yeah. pound six foot three interior offensive guard um you know ran track <laughs> at high school so he's got that pro he's put some he's weight on that. since <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> clearly <laughs> eight loads of burgers but yeah, I mean, I think um, I really like Zion Johnson as well. He's got the other added advantage. He play, can play a few different positions. He can, he can potentially help you out in a center. He can potentially help you out at left tackle. Uh, I think he's he's just a piece on the offensive line, which you know means it's sewn up for, for the next five years if you take him in that first round. But, um, you know, Kenyon Green, I'm not really expecting him to be there. Um, but he's, again, I think a really good player. Didn't test especially well, but... Um, I, th- I think that uh, if you watch him on film, he's, he's, yeah. he's strong, he's powerful, he's aggressive, he's a mauler, you know, he's big, he's 325 pounds, he's he got this great balance. I think he's got a really high ceiling. So I don't think uh, his, test, his testing may cause him to drop a little bit, but um, I, I think uh, Zion Johnson is the more likely of the two. He's really good at pin and pull. Like he can really kind of, you know, he's, he's not going to get to a second level. He's not a Cam Jurgens that's going to be running 40 yards down a field to make blocks. So he's not going to be that guy. But for 325 pounds, he's going to move across and, you know, create some lanes and, you know, be a nice compliment. But there's not been any talk about him. Like he's always been considered like a consensus first rounder, you know, even as high as like pick 10 mm. kind of guy um, in the last, you know, year since, um, you know, games have been happening in college. Uh, and you know he's not really been talked about, but no, I agree. Like he's definitely a solid prospect and a plug and play. Just moving into the second round, I think I, I can see us taking a, a guard at any between anywhere between first and fourth round, really. And, and to be honest, I'm probably quite happy as long as they take somebody. But the second round is really pretty stacked with some interesting options. You've got Sean Ryan, who's uh, um, uh, from UCLA. Yeah, yeah, really big. good. He's played a lot of left tackle, but probably it's probably more of a guard. You've Dylan yeah. Parham, who you've mentioned. There's Tyler Smith, who you mentioned earlier on. You know, game yeah. played a bit of tack, mostly played tackle, but really high ceiling. Um, I think there's some really interesting options there. All, all three are quite exciting prospects that give you a bit of flexibility as well. Yeah, another one that's in that like uh, same mould, who's played a lot of offensive tackle, is Nicholas Petit Friere from uh, mm-hmm. Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Clearly, playing at that you know caliber school, uh, he's come up against uh, the best, and he has been a bit exposed at time at tackle, um, especially against Michigan last season. David Ajabo and uh, Hutchinson had their way with him. You know, the hand usage just was a bit too much for him. But I feel like if he was to move in on the interior at guard then that will help his game. He won't be as isolated uh, and he's got the right size profile to actually move in. He's six foot five, uh, just over 300 pounds. He, uh, and he'd been, you know, versatile player. He's more athletic 
uh, than testing uh, shows on the field. A few technique issues, as I said, with footwork and angles, but high floor player. They've had a visit with him as well. Yeah. They brought yep. him in. So I feel like he's an option to play guard uh, for the Bills. Definitely. Good. So let's suppose they don't go that way in the first couple of rounds. Yeah, so I've got a, a few day three guys that I quite like. So the first one is Luke Godeke, I think his name is. Yeah, yep. uh, that's right. I think he's, there's so many Michigan colleges. I forget there's Central. He's, he's there's, Central Michigan. He's yeah. Central, but there's Western, which is Sky Moors. Uh, there's not, just everywhere of <laughs> Michigan. Um, he's a converted tight end transfer. Um but I feel like he's better to play guard. You know, he played offensive tackle. I feel like he can kick better inside. He's got good functional uh, strength and anchor, considering he's a, t- you know, he was a tight end. Um, that's one what, of his strengths. Where do you have him um, uh, ranked on your? Where do you think he was? Sort of, is he a day three guys? He's, he's day borderline two day two, I feel, because right. yeah, he's he's as I said, he's versatile. He's you know got good functional strength and athleticism. Um, he could play both sides, I think, uh, guard, uh, left guard, right guard. Uh, good high floor, he creates lanes in the run game. Um, fairly good pass protector. So that's someone there that, you know, I feel like has an upside to, you know, he's new to a position, fairly new to playing offensive line. Uh, but Bill seemed to like those types of guys. So that's yeah. someone that's on my radar. Before, how did he compare? I've got a couple of guys I quite like. Uh, Tyrese Robinson and, and Lashishas Smith. I always pronounce yeah. that correctly. Um, yeah. Do you see those as, as better prospects than um, than Go to Key or in a similar sort of range? That sort of they are that sort of day yeah. day two, day three fringe players, aren't they? Yeah, no, I agree. Um, yeah, Smith for me, um, he just lacks a positional flexibility. He's always played at left guard. Um, I'm not too sure whether he can play right guard and, you know, he can, he's, he's never played centre, I don't think, uh, for Virginia Tech. Uh, good size. I think he's, you know, consistent. The Bills uh, have spoken player. to him as well, uh, we believe. So Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, no, definitely an option. Uh, definitely someone that, that could be brought in. And who was the second name? Uh, Tyrese Robinson from Oklahoma. I, he's, a, he's a guard, uh, tackle guy, a bit of flexibility. He just loves to pancake people. Um, he's, he's really nasty in the run game. Again, I've got a, bit, a little bit of versatility there, but he's probably not got, you know, perhaps the, uh, probably not a, a tackle in the NFL. Um, he's a little bit tight. Uh, doesn't quite have that sort of lateral mobility that I think you need to tackle bit of development needed on his technique but his fun his film is really good fun plus he's six two how many tackle there's no tackles yeah, in the league. No, it's, even he's too, too short yeah even he's, slater who um you know was everyone was high on that got selected by a charge he had a great season last yeah, season you yeah. know he was six four and everyone was saying oh was he big enough you know clearly you know that was more about his length and the lack mm-hmm. of length but it doesn't matter really if you're a technician you can play about six foot two you know he's definitely going to be more viable inside well, one guy that i'm not I, there's all the buzz around, but I, I just have to say I'm not convinced it's Cole Strange. Um, yes, I agree. He, he seems to, he's just not bulky enough. He's only around 300 pounds. He's 6'6". Yeah. Six, six. So anyone that's sort of playing guard at 6'6", six, six, 200 pounds, they have leverage issues because they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're, they're too tall almost. Yeah, and yeah. they struggle to get, get down and, and sort of provide leverage. Now, he, I think he is quite good at leverage, but, you know, he, he, he's, he needs more bulk. He's get, he gets pushed around, yeah. um, yes. in, in, especially in pass protection. So, I mean, maybe he's somebody that they think, well, we could put more, more, more bulk onto him and he's a developmental guy. But I think if you wanted him to go and start 
in 2022 he's not he's not ready for me and i think that mm. the, the position in which he's going to get picked is going to be you know roughly starting rotational day uh, first season kind of player so i'm i'm not quite so high on uh, on Cole strange as well i completely like agree yeah like his anchor um you know I was, you watch the senior bowl you know he's pushed around by those guys there he doesn't yes. have a great job because the one on ones they they're aimed for the um you know defensive player that's going to know exactly what they're going to do what moves they're going to pull uh, on a, on the uh, offensive lineman but yeah i felt like he was pushed around a little bit i think you know he's really athletic i feel like you know, he can create lanes in the run game, but he, he's not a people mover. Like, I read no. the scouting reports on him and people saying he's a people mover. I'm like, he's not. And six for six, he said, the smaller defensive tackles, Ed Oliver, for example, he's just going to get under your pads and work you. And mm. yeah, I feel like he's got potential, but he's not really an option for me as well. I'm, I'm not too yeah. high on him. Maybe one other guy I'd like to just mention briefly, again, probably a sort of mid to late round day round three guy is Darian Kinnard from Kentucky. Um, yeah. 6'5", 345 is a big, big guy. Can play yeah. a bit of, he's mostly played tackle, but um, uh, he seems to project really as a, as a guard again, sort of doesn't quite have that lateral mobility that you need mm. uh, a tackle, but he really does move people in the run. He's a strong, big, powerful guy with long arms. Um, yeah, definitely did some development needed, but I just liked watching uh, Darian Kinnard. I think he, he was a, a bill. We would all be pretty happy. Yeah, I think for me, he just lacks up uh, flexibility. Like, yeah. um, you know, he's going to be a gap running kind of only kind of guy just because of his size and everything. He's not athletic. Mm-hmm. He's not going to get to the second level. Um, but if that's not what you want, you know, if uh, Aaron Cromer is going to have some, you know, th- th- there's a lot of talk he's going to go zone running. But if you wanted a power well, run, um, guy, we don't know, then... right? Nobody knows. No, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's just and guessing that's the thing. at the moment. We're yeah. going to get clues based on the players they draft as to what Absolutely. they will be doing. But so who knows? He could be an option. Um, he's and, not one of my guys, though. And we might actually look at, um, you know, running back and interior offensive line picks into a tandem and, and see what that tells us because you know there are some running backs that are much better in zone outside guys or others that are sort of you know those sort of uh, uh, bowling ball types that you want to be able to create gaps for them up the middle um you know do the running backs go are they complementary to the um, to the running to the uh, to the guards that we pick um yeah Great. So let's move on to some, anyone sort of late day developmental guy at day three, you know, sort of round six, seven, anybody there that you think is, is worth mentioning? Yeah. Um, two for me, Cade Mays from Tennessee, five-star recruit. Uh, he started as a freshman at Georgia, but transferred after year two to Tennessee. Uh, he's got good, clearly a good pedigree based on him being a five-star recruit. A nasty run blocker. He's a finisher. He just needs to improve his hand technique. So I feel like he's got all the tools there um, to be a good guard at the next level. Um, he just needs some, you know, technique issues um, sorted out. But Aaron Cromer is the type of um, coach that will kind of clean that up. So I feel like, you know, he could be a really good uh, selection, actually, on day three. And then the last one for me is Donovan West from Arizona State. A completely separate question to him, really. But is there any when you watch prospects? Is there any like college like colleges that pop out just based on like certain like, things you see on film, just creative play designs, or you know their jerseys or anything that stand out <laughs> to you? Because I feel like Arizona State when I watch them, because they've got uh, Rashad White running back, 
they've got Donovan West as well. I quite enjoyed watching them. And they, I feel like I could, I'm not going to pick them as a college team. As I said, I'm not going to make that happen because if I do, I will be getting a divorce from my wife because <laughs> I'm already too invested in the bills. I can't follow a college team. But I, I thought just how they played, they had a dual threat quarterback called Daniels who went into transfer portal I can't remember who is what his full name is but they were just a fun team I just thought you know Rashad White he's, he's a great one cut runner so that sounds like a good off season uh discussion yeah. who which college jerseys do you like <laughs> well and I tell you what we could do is we could have nominations for who which college teams we should support I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for, for Syracuse um, yeah. but um, I wouldn't call it a, a love affair just yet. I also have a slight soft spot for for Wisconsin. Um, again, still to be to, still to be convinced about which college teams we should follow. But um, yeah, good question. And then we'll both part that for another day. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I like Tariq Woolen, but uh, I didn't I didn't like his film. But the UTSA Roadrunners as well was really cool. Um, like their jerseys and. Uh, Everything like that, and the name I thought was really cool. But anyway, we we said we'd get off that topic. We will now. <laughs> Donovan West, Arizona State. Yeah, um, he's six, a really four, flexible guy, isn't he? Three hundred pounds as well, I think. So yeah, he's a little bit lightweight, but he's athletic again. He can climb to the second level. Clearly needs to add bulk. He's got a decent four as a pass protector. He's got experience at both guard positions, so it could grow into a year two star, which is where we need the starters really to. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we hope that they'll be ready to play, would be yeah. year two really. I just got one name. You, you mentioned some good, good, good candidates. There would be uh, Joshua Zudo uh, from North Carolina. He's probably a, an undrafted free agent, but he's one of these sort of developmental guys. He's, he can play right across the um, uh, right across the offensive line as a good backup. Could be the kind of the alternative. You know, now we're actually going to be playing Ryan Bates. He could be the new Ryan Bates. Very aggressive, strong in the run game. He's wide. He's long. Um, Lack of lateral mobility, probably so. Probably not your perfect tackle, uh, but um, yeah, just a, a nice outside um, outside bet as a as a, an undrafted free agent, maybe round seven kind of pick. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, so we've touched touched on the um, interior offensive line, the guard positions. Um, probably some of the themes you, you picked out there is if if people play more than one position, that's the sort of stuff that we've historically seen the Bills go for. Um, you know, we've we've signed Mitch Morse an extension. Obviously, Ryan Bates can kick into centre as well if we need to. So we're probably not super worried about getting someone who can play uh, play guard and centre. But guard and tackle is always helpful. Uh, we don't actually have that swing tackle right now, do we? So um, I think... Uh, we Doyle, but yeah, outside of him... Maybe. We, we don't know, do we? Bobby Hart. We're <laughs> so, not going to yeah. rely on him. No, so. exactly. So the possibility is that they'll look for a bit of flexibility. Yeah. So let's move on to some other positions then. Uh, where do you want to start? Should we go for interior defensive line? Do we want to talk about a few prospects on the uh, tackle, like, or are you happy to move on and well, go on, defense um, on offensive tackle? You mean? Yeah, because um, I've got three names, but we can move on. Yeah, I mean, we touched on some that potentially are yeah. really guards in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I am not expecting us to draft a pure tackle anywhere earlier than the fifth round. Yeah. Um, and which I, is I, where my names are. To right, and I have just one guy that I would say uh, I'm happy to yeah. talk about. Yeah, but you go first. Yeah, so I've got three names. So I'll rattle through them quite quick. I'm going to struggle with this last name, but Matt Waletsko from <laughs> Let's Go, I like that, um, from North Dakota <laughs> State, fourth to fifth round kind of guy. Best um, relative athletic score in the class, 9.96. His third um, 
by comparison score was Spencer Brown. Uh, he's similar height, you know, he's past six foot eight, similar skill set, 36 inch arms, which is massive. Um, all games he started at left tackle. The only problem with him is just availability. He's only played 13 games in three seasons due to COVID and injuries. Um, he could be a swing tackle. You know, you see all those um, you know, athletic traits, similar game to Spencer Brown, maybe not quite as you know, high um, a floor like he had when he came out. So that, that's someone there that could potentially be a swing tackle. And how do you pronounce his surname again? Well, let's go. I'm going for. Well, let's go. All right. Well, let's go that's from North nice. Dakota State. So <laughs> Very um, good. next one, Max Mitchell, Louisiana. He's probably, he could sneak into day two, but I think he'll be more day three. Athletic. He's really good pass sets. Um, that's, you know, his his best game because he's slight athletic. He can mirror, um, you know, counter moves from the edge rushes. Um, decent size, could be a useful swing. And the last one is Ryan Van at Denmark, which is a great name, from UConn, which is a terrible school. But they have got Travis Jones in, so got a few players that could play in the NFL. Fifth to seventh round guy, really tall, six foot seven. Uh, he's a little bit lightweight, though. He's below 300 pounds uh, when playing, but he bulked it up. Um, for his pro day, it was just over 300 pounds. Um, played on both sides, but clearly he needs to improve a lot of things. He needs to improve flexibility, strength, and technique. So they're the three guys I look at with, you know, that athletic upside that could be a useful swing tackle if Tommy Doyle, you know, doesn't cut the mustard. Yeah, good stuff. All right. Well, I think we'll leave it there for yep. uh, offensive line. So let's move on to defensive line. I have to yep. be honest, I'm not expecting the Bills to go after um, a defensive tackle. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe if somebody falls to us, it, it, it's, po- it's possible. Yeah, edge equal, even less likely, it feels yeah. like. I mean, we've drafted three edges in the last um, last two drafts, and we've also uh, obviously brought in Bob Miller. So our edge depth is pretty good, and then that's before we even think about adding uh, having added Shaq Lawson uh, to the mix. Which I'm a little bit guarded about, in a way, because you know it's great that we've invested these draft picks in premium positions, and we need to allow those guys, you know, we need to give them the opportunity to show that they'll prove that pick. They, you know, they, um, you know, uh, yeah, they prove, you know, their worth. You know, prove that selection uh, and give them those opportunities to play and you know make a meaningful impact for the Bills. But this edge class is really deep. Like, there's only one guy that I could see on day three, uh, a bit of a toolsy guy that um, you know could be selected. You know, I was thinking. Um, who was the... Let's, before we talk about players, let's just think about yeah. the logic, right? So we don't... I don't think either of us believe that there's good reasons to take an edge. Certainly not early, unless somebody yeah. ridiculous falls to us. And let's face it, if yeah. they're ridiculously good and falling to us, probably a there's some injury history, yeah. history or something like that. There's a reason for it. Yeah. The only one that I could possibly see is someone like a David Ajabo. Uh, you know, if he yes. fell to, say, the third round because of his... He's going to be a redshirt year... Is it worth taking yeah. a swing at him in the, in, in the third round? Probably, yeah. Um, yeah. But before that, we just simply have needs that are, that, that yes, are ahead of that, absolutely. right? So if we're talking about edge rushes, we're talking about late round guys or developmental guys, the toolsy people, I guess. Yeah, because I was thinking about Dow Johnson, who got drafted uh, last offseason to the Panthers just before the cuts uh, for a sixth round pick. And he was a seventh round pick. I can't remember what school he came from, but, you know, he was a great special teams player. You know, he, he demonstrated, he showed us a little bit in the uh, off, in the preseason games. He has a bit of, you know, uh, 
rushing ability. I feel like someone in that mould, you know, could be drafted and they could have that opportunity to, to, to make the roster. There's only one guy in my mind that um, fits that bill. Uh, I've, I've gone through a lot of the athletic profiles and one of them's um, Michael Clemens, mm. uh, Texas A&M, tallsy guy, six foot five. He's got nearly 35 inch arms. Um, so that's massive, you know. Trey burst, Walkers. athletic guy. Yeah, really good burst. His uh, relative athletic score comparisons are Chandler Jones and Alden Smith, who are athletic freaks on the edge. So, you know, clearly not the finished product. If he was, and he had that production, he'd be in the top five picks. But he's someone there that could come in, be a special teams player from day one, and could be developed. Uh, and, and grow into you know being a rotation piece at least. So I've got a similar similar sort of feeling about a guy called Amare Barno, um, who's from Virginia. Yes, Tech. yeah. Uh, again, he's long. Does he have good length? Like, what's his length? Yeah, well, he's six no. five. He's two forty five. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's uh, he's reasonably long. Um, yeah, uh, he's very much a pass rusher only. Um, nice film. Uh, again, looks like a bit of a special teams guy. Can get pushed around a bit in the run game as he's he's not the sort of heaviest of guys, but he's he's quick. Uh, he's one of his sort of outside yeah. bendy guys. He was the fastest um, edge player, wasn't he, at the combine? I think he ran right. about a four four two or something, didn't he? You know, there's something there. Um, I think you, if you just say, right, you're a pure long and long and distance, sorry, third and length, long distance kind of yeah. guy, uh, pass rusher only, um, contributor on special teams. He's a sort of guy, if he fell to the sixth round, I, I think he'd be good value. Yeah. Um, we could do an occasional, uh, occasional job for you uh, starting in the defense. Mm. Good. All right. So that's edge rusher. Let's move on to the inside. And again, we've kind of we've got some serious depth on the interior now yeah. um, with the with recent additions. Let's just run through what our interior defensive line now looks like. Obviously, Ed Oliver is the is the is the person that we all uh, we all know and love. We've added Daquan Jones. We've added Tim Settle. Uh, we've added Jordan Phillips. Um, Justin Zimmer is still, I think, officially on the roster. Um, I don't think he is. Is he? I know he's yeah, injured, he was, he? Yeah, he was a restricted free agent, but they ah. haven't, they didn't tender him. So I right, think he okay. is a free agent so he's now. He's actually a free agent now. Yeah. So, but yeah. we still have some some good depth. And obviously, we can. Eli Anquo. Eli Anquo. Yeah. Actually, I actually Brandon Bryant. Well. Yeah, they both did. Um, yeah, they did. And of course, we've got people like um, Boogie Bassam who can play inside as well. Mm. Um, so there is quite a lot of depth there. However, couple of these guys not necessarily going on long-term contracts um no so there is a possibility i think yeah of maybe a a, i don't know maybe a a one tech uh three tech um hybrid who might um come in on a sort of longer term contract how do you see this 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 position group yeah i feel like that's more likely you know this position is more likely than edge just because um Tim Settle, I think we can potentially get out of his contract after the first year. He's only on a two-year deal anyway. Mm. Um, I'm not advocating for that. I think he will be a really good rotational piece for us. But if he, you know, failed to meet his expectations, and I think there is a cap saving to be had there. With Daquan Jones, I don't think there's an option for that. I think he is here for the full two years. And then you've got Jordan Phillips, who's only back for one year. Eli Anqua, I think he's only one year. He's, you know, so they're all short-term yeah. things. So this is a position that's more likely, in my opinion, to be drafted than a edge player, just because yeah. of that succession plan, that long-term, you know, just to have someone long-term. So do you building. agree with me? It's, it's very unlikely in the first three rounds unless yes. somebody nuts falls to us, yes. like uh, Devontae Wyatt. But, you know, yeah. once we get into the yeah, day three, um, then yeah. uh, there's possibilities if, if somebody yeah. happens to be the, the highest-ranked uh, guy on their board. Exactly. And it's not just that, you know. Maybe it would be a consideration on day two if there was 
a lot of options. You know, if it was a deep class, but it feels it like there's a bit of a drop. No, no, there's it's a weak defensive tackle class. It has been for the last couple of years. So. Uh, yeah, and also it's still it's weak at one tech, which you know of of the positions that you know, Ed Oliver. I think we all expect him to be um, to be signing um, an extension at some point over the next year or so. Um, yeah. But there's, so we, we have three tech pretty much slowed down. But at one tech, there's very few options, especially uh, early on in this draft. Mm, yeah, definitely. I've only got three names for defensive tackle. They're all day three guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so shall we get into it? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so first one for me is Matt, Matt, Matthew Butler, who's uh, from Tennessee. I've seen the like all the Vols players this season, like Matthew Butler, mentioned Cade Mays. Um, it, it's pretty weak. Um, you know, they've had a lot of disappointment recently, but I seem to like their players. And what I liked about him, so I remember when I listened to um, a lot of a Shrine Bowl podcast, they're all saying that this guy's a leader, not only for the position group, but for the whole, you know, for the, I don't know what team he was on, East or West, but the whole team, like when he f- finishes his position drills, he'd stay behind um, and motivate the other guys in other positions, um, which, you know, he was in Las Vegas with that. He could have just buggered off and, you know, played blackjack or something, you know, but he stayed behind and showed like, you know, he wanted to invest in his teammates and stuff. So I quite like that yeah. just from a leadership standpoint. We know that McDermott's high on that kind of thing. So he, he's someone that could be in I'd play. like him more if he was 20 pounds heavier, I think. Yeah, um, yes, because you're right. He is lightweight and lack of length, but he's explosive and quick. So mm. he could be an Ed Oliver light. You know, he's not going to mm-hmm. be that, you know, he doesn't have that athletic profile to be that. But as a free tech, you know, only his depth, um, you know, that he's an option there. And then there's only two nose tackles that I've got, just purely for size. I quite like the blastoises of the, the, the one techs. <laughs> um, because we had Tyler Shelvin last year from LSU went to the Bengals, yep. who was quite high on. And he was like 360 pounds. So a couple of guys that, I like the size of them and, you know, they could come in and be one text for us. Marquan McCall, who's uh, Kentucky, six foot two, 342 pounds, big boy. And Noah Ellis has had a lot of talk and he seems to have a high character as well from Idaho, six foot four, 346 pounds. I've not watched them, but just their size profiles and reading up on them, they, they seem to be viable one tech options there. So yeah. not, a, not a load of late names that I like in this defensive tackle class. Yeah, I mean, you'll hear, I guess, buzz about people like Jordan Davis, Travis Jones. I'm not expecting either yeah. of them to become Bills. I think that they're going to I really be going like Travis in. Jones, but he's oh, not going yeah. to be there for Cracking 57. Player. He can because... really push the pocket, can't he? But yeah. He, yeah, he's just not going to be available to us. I Also, I don't think that he's it's a priority in the first two rounds. Um, mm. So, a yeah, good player would be you know, great for the Bills. You know, fun film to watch, but just doesn't seem like it's... I mean, I have... Defensive tackle at one of my lowest levels of importance across all of the our different picks. I think Travis Jones would go in the first round, actually, just because, yeah. you know, Jordan Davis stole the show with his four point, what is it, seven, eight combine, you know, mm-hmm. 40, 40 yard dash. But Travis Jones was, ju- was just as impressive for his size. You know, you look at the testing. And he had a fantastic day, really boosted his stock. You know, just because John Davis had that insane uh, 40-yard dash doesn't mean that Travis Jones didn't display remarkable athletic traits um, himself. Yeah. So, yeah, someone that could sneak into the first round for sure. 
Yeah, I watched a bit of film on uh, Federian Mathis from Alabama. Um, he's very much a three-tech, I feel. Um, he's, yeah. he's a good, good pass rush guy, probably early day three, athletic, very, very productive. He's a real technician. Um, doesn't have a huge amount of lateral mobility, but I think he'd be fine as a, as a, as a three-tech. Um, like you, watched a bit of film on Matthew Butler. Um, outside of those guys, if we were looking at sort of a late round, who's a developmental, perhaps one-tech, which I think is where I, I would like to see him. If we were going to add somebody, I think it's at one tech. I'd be most keen. Uh, a couple of names uh, stood out. Oti, I'm going to I'm going to butcher this now. Otito Ogbonia from UCLA. <laughs> You've done really well. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I have. Um, 6'3", 326. He's a very much just a bull rusher guy. Um, and the other one, maybe to just keep an eye on, is uh, Taylor Humphrey from Louisiana. He's 6'5", 350. Um, really powerful, big strong boy. guy. A big boy. He's a he's a perfect in my mind seventh round pick you know bring him in pure rush um uh, pure run defender um i think uh I, i'd like to have somebody of that kind of size just to plonk right in the middle of that uh defensive line when we're playing you know the likes of um i don't know the likes of the the, the patriots or the likes of um of uh, yeah the Titans. we're going to need that right because all the teams are yeah. playing next season you look at you know, two of our co- the head coaches on the other teams are all from San Francisco. They like to run a ball. So they're all going to run a ball against us. So well, we and why wouldn't guys. you? You know, we've given, yeah. given the offense that we have um, yeah. and our historical different difficulties defending the run. I mean, this is a big a big task for this defensive line is to get better mm. at defending the run. And um, yeah, I think that's what's perhaps more likely is we, we had a, a linebacker to replace AJ Klein so that we can play a little bit more base. Um, and um, someone who can also, um, you know, contribute to uh, defending the run alongside Matt Milano and Tremaine Edmonds. So it'd be interesting to see, see how it plays out. Yeah. Good. Anyone you haven't mentioned that you want to uh, want to pick out? I don't think so. I've gone through all my top guys. So Good stuff. I'm happy. How, many, uh, how many players have you, have you looked at now? Are you, uh, what are you getting up to? Still 100. Uh, I think that's what I said last time. I just yeah, ha- yeah, haven't had a chance to watch any more, but I will do it in the next you know, week and a bit, whatever we've got left. My aim is to have full, full rounds of players evaluated personally mm-hmm. and then, yeah. you know, be aware of everyone else kind of thing. So fantastic stuff. What about Very you? good. Uh, I think, uh, well, on my boards, this is the names that I've been monitoring, I suppose. Just a few over over two hundred. Um, so not got notes on all of them. These are these are players that um, you know. There's a bit of buzz around, or I've I picked up along the way. Um, watch film on about 115, and I'll watch a bit more between now and uh, now and the draft. So uh, yeah. I've got notes on, on a few a few extra players that I'm, I'm going to get to uh, in time. So I tend to lead. I know I don't tend to watch any film on quarterbacks. Or, punters or anything like that i've watched very little in the way of early early offensive tackles or early edge rushers even though there's a some fun, fun positions to watch i just, I just don't believe the bill's going to draft there so um focus yeah. a lot more time on you know what i think i've watched something like i don't know 23 wide receivers 20 cornerbacks um so these are the positions where i spent my time really where i feel like uh we're much more likely we're going to be picking players yeah, it's even like quarterback. Like, what's the point of us watching it? You know, we've got Josh Allen. Everyone knows that. But, you know, there, there was talk about, you know, us bringing in another quarterback. So we've got someone on a long-term deal that we can keep in the, you know, and if we behind do, him. Great. If we do, I'll but watch I'm not going to watch 15 yes. quarterbacks and the possibility that we are. <laughs> so That's uh, it. That's uh, it. We'll watch it happen. after. When he's selected, I'll then watch their film. 
exactly. You're limited time. Fantastic. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, so we're going to be back probably in um, in a few days with uh, yeah. we'll doing. We'll do some. Uh, we'll do some live mocks. We'll this is when each. the fast fun starts, Charlie. You've done our Absolutely, primers now. We can start yeah. doing some mocks. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm doing one a day like you, and yeah. um, uh, it, it's kind of interesting to see how it's playing out, how it's changed over the sort of last few weeks in terms of, you know, post-combine, pre-combine and um, how these sort of uh, boards are playing out. I don't do any kind of seven-round mocks until about two or three weeks out because I just don't know enough about the later-round guys. But now I've got into some of the later-round guys and quite quite excited about some of those uh, fifth, sixth, seventh-round uh, prospects as well. So. It's, feel, it's useful to do the seventh round mocks, even if you don't know too much about the players, because that's how you get to know how them. You, learn. you can read yeah, their profiles yeah, and yeah, kind yeah, of get yeah, a yeah. feel for that player. So, yeah. 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 Well, and that's, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a Packers fan over the weekend, and uh, they were asking about the sort of value of doing mocks. I said, well, I use it to learn. I learn, I learn a lot about yeah. players. You know, I start off with the, you know, the first round guys and the positions that we're interested in, and then you start to piece together names on the basis of who's popping up in mocks. And, um, yeah. you know, that's uh, it's a good way to learn so yeah um draftnetwork.com do a great job on their mock draft with mock draft machine um fantastic so yeah we'll come back we'll do some mocks and then um if you'd like to come on the show uh, we do have a, a spot available uh probably be next weekend so that'll be the um uh, where are we now we're on the 18th already this is uh this is monday um and so probably somewhere around the 22nd 23rd 24th if someone's interested in coming on the show and doing a mock and um, probably not a live mock, but just do a mock in advance and then talking us through your decisions and which players you like. Um, you're very welcome. It'd be good to have uh, some guests on again. Uh, we will, uh, yeah, but we're back with you in a few days. So if you want to get in touch, please do. The best place probably is to send us a DM on Twitter. We are Bills from Afar or individually. I'm Charlie underscore sport. He is Tim Rose 90. Um, and until next time, go Bills. Go yeah, Bills. Bills.